Hello and welcome to 5 Minutes for Earth with your host, Emily Brown. I'm Ranger Gordon. And I'm Ranger Paula. So this week we're talking about light pollution. Woohoo! Light pollution is basically the brightening of the night sky by man-made lights. Oh, and guess what? This is the first ever episode of 5 Minutes for Earth that has been recorded in person. Yep, all of our other episodes have been online. We got together on an unfortunately windy day wearing masks and chatted. Sadly, because it was so windy, the audio in parts of this episode is not as clear as usual. You can hear some wind in parts and sometimes the hissing of bugs in nearby trees. Anyway, please forgive rough audio. Also, sorry for posting the podcast so late. It will be back out on its normal time and day next week. Okay, now back to the episode. What is your job? Yeah, so we're both uh, Bryce Canyon National Park park rangers. So we work for the Department of the Interior, and our job is to fulfill their mission statement and interrupt the, the environment. And the Park Service is here to preserve and protect the resources of the National Park for this and future generations um, for the benefit and enjoyment of the people, essentially. Can you tell us a little bit about why light pollution is an environmental problem? Right, so (laughs) why are we mitigating the types of light sources that we have that night? Why does it matter? Why does it matter, right. So um, not only uh, is light pollution um, bad for human enjoyments of the night sky, uh, but it is also uh, not great for wildlife. And um, in order to protect our resources here as an, uh, at the National Park, uh, we uh, are protecting the night sky as a resource itself and protecting uh, the wildlife that are here um, that use the night sky, right, for um, navigating at night, for example. He went on to say that the night sky is a resource, and you can think of it as a cultural resource and a tool. If you look up at the night sky, there's different constellations, and historically we all have different night sky stories of what those constellations mean and what stars make them up. Night skies carry huge cultural and historical importance, so in order to preserve the night sky, we need to be able to see those constellations and stars, and we have to have less light pollution. He explained light pollution and its effects with a metaphor about a car and a phone. If you are standing in the headlights of a car and you are holding a phone screen toward the driver and asking them to read the phone screen, you would be washed out by the car headlights and the phone screen would be hard to see. The same thing happens when we have white lights or lights that are more toward the blue spectrum. That light bounces up into the atmosphere and bounces around, coming back down to our eyes and blocking the light from distant stars so we can't see them. If we are not able to see the night sky, we are not able to use that as a resource and to tell those cultural stories that we all have about the constellations. Everyone has their own cultures, night sky stories, and in order to preserve those, we have to preserve being able to see those and to share them. Light pollution is preventing us from doing that. So how does light pollution affect wildlife? They explained to me how various creatures everywhere rely on night skies because they have evolved to utilize darkness. Over the years, these nocturnal animals adapted to live and to be active at night. If our night skies are brighter, then that kind of confuses them biologically into thinking that it's daytime or twilight and not nighttime. It can confuse migratory animals, alter competitive interactions of animals, change predator-prey relationships, and cause psychological harm. So we preserve the night skies in order to preserve the wildlife who have adapted to live in those dark skies. Makes sense. For examples of how 
light pollution can really affect creatures and ecosystems, we can look at moths, birds, and bats. Moths are unable to resist light and they can fly up to a mile for things as small as your porch light. Birds often get confused from lights on tall buildings, especially during migration in the fall, and they can crash into those bright, shiny windows. Bats are really affected by light pollution too. We just did a podcast episode on bats, so you should go check that out. But bats are affected by light pollution because the insects that they eat, like moths and gnats, follow porch lights and city lights. So bats have to move into cities and unfamiliar ecosystems to catch food or they will starve. Generally, light pollution results in animals not being where they should be, sometimes concentrating them as a food source to be preyed upon. We're seeing this in moths, frogs, and baby sea turtles right now. Other times, light pollution just results in a trap, which exhausts and kills them. You can see how light pollution can really mess up ecosystems and result in long-lasting problems as well as biodiversity loss. So how can people reduce or stop light pollution? Things like uh, uh, having a cycle for our lighting systems, mm -hmm. uh, turning them off at a certain time at night. For the most part, uh, people don't use uh, their front porch lights or like the, the walkway light from uh, midnight to 4 a.m. Generally, people are not walking around here, right. so we can have a system that turns those off at that time. It also involves uh, switching out light bulbs from white light to red light. So we have, um, for example, in our housing units, our porch lights are red lights. Mm -hmm. So if we uh, do work late or we go out uh, to a friend's house at night, we kind of come back, we leave our porch lights on, but instead of being this bright, blaring white light, we have uh, red light bulbs. Cool. So those are examples. Um, Another example of that, can I add? Would be how it's shielded. So the direction of the light. Mm -hmm. So if you have different type of light fixtures, some light fixtures throw the illumination up into the sky, that does, it is no benefit to uh, the people below. The, so some type of shielding or a direct lighting. Other things you can do to stop light pollution include using dimmers or motion sensors on really important lights and just trying to turn your lights off, either when you go to bed or when you're not using them. Also, education is a really great way to stop light pollution. A lot of people don't know how big of an issue light pollution is. And of course, all these light pollution solving actions also help save energy, and that's always a good thing. Light pollution is such a big environmental and cultural issue. Can you imagine looking up at night and not seeing any stars? That's some people's realities already because of light pollution. And it's so easy to make a change to stop light pollution. Whether it's just making sure your lights aren't wasteful, or getting light timers, or just turning your lights off at night. It's so easy for all of us to make a difference to help stop light pollution and preserve our beautiful dark skies. So go make a difference today for our skies, for our stars, for our planet, and for our future. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast this week. Yeah, no 
back next week for a brand new episode. This has been 5 Minutes for Earth with your host, Emily Brown, brought to you by the Placer High School Environmental Club. Please take a moment to visit our website, linked in the show notes, or follow us on Instagram at Placer underscore environmental underscore club. We post tons of educational stuff and ways you can help the environment over there, so go follow us. Thank you so much for sharing and writing reviews on our podcast. It means so much to us, and together we are really able to make a difference. If you haven't already, please share our podcast, and if you have a moment, write a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much. As always, all the information presented in this podcast is linked in the show notes. Big thank you to all club members. See you next week. Bye!